Well, I cannot believe you would bring that up, Connor. There's no way I'm discussing that. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 103, recorded on October 26, 2022. I'm your host, Connor, and today I interview the former co-host of the number one and most popular C++ podcast of all time, Jason Turner. All right, well, this is episode 101. Actually, is it going to be 101? Because I might record with Bryce before Friday. What is today? October 26th. So this will be either be episode 101 or it might be 103 or 4, depending on how, how the pro- process of editing things works. But it actually, we, it should be 101 because it's starting off the next 100 episodes with a new co-host. <laughs> I'm not sure. So Jason, t- today with us, we have Jason Turner, who I'm pretty sure 95% of our listeners have to know who Jason is, obviously. Uh, I'll give the full introduction in a second, but uh, co-host of the most popular and first C++ podcast in history, CppCast, which very sadly ended, I think it was about what, five months ago? May May 12th, I think? Uh, That's about right. April, May, something like that. Yeah. And so the first question is, have you listened to any of the episodes of uh, this podcast? I have not. Okay, so you don't know the lore. So the lore is that uh, we started off uh, on audio quality on a low note, which pr- improved about five episodes in. That's what podcasts do. Yeah, and the enthusiasm was, uh, was at a high. And uh, Bryce has basically gone downhill. You know, when we were interviewing Kate a few episodes ago, he was eating his dinner while we were interviewing her, you know, she couldn't couldn't stay focused. So I, I said, Bryce, you better be careful. You're on thin ice or I'm going to start auditioning new co-hosts. And that's what this is here. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of just kidding. Bryce doesn't even know that this is happening. Uh, although he's <laughs> he's in the midst of traveling right now. He was in Austin at um, a conference. I believe it was called O3DCon, which had yeah. to do with uh, some open source engine. And he's going to Kona, which actually I don't. Is Kona next week? It's soon. Um, I don't think it's happening right now. Um, no, wait. It should be. It's always in February. That's what I thought. Um, that's literally when Bryce brought that up an episode or two ago. He said, I'm going to Kona next. And I was like, wait, Kona's in February. And he said, no, no, Kona is happening um, shortly after his conference in Austin. November 7th, it seems. Yeah. So then I think he's going to Kona and then uh, he's going to Japan after that. Anyway, so he's in the midst of a lot of travel and it's a perfect opportunity to bring Jason Turner on at the top of our first of the three-digit episodes. I guess technically episode 100 was that. Um, anyways, did you start fin- counting at zero, or did you start counting at one? We were zero indexed, which um, I know it uh, it makes the nerds and I'm a fellow nerd as well happy, but it also irritates me that whenever we have to say like it's episode 100, we can't actually say it's our 100th episode because it's always plus one to that, right? Um, which is which is irritating. But uh, so episode 100, but your 101st. First, first, yeah, hundred and first episode. Yeah, so this is technically episode one hundred and one, and our one hundred second episode. Which, yes, it's very irritating. Zero indexing. That's why everyone should switch to APL because it's one index language. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Anyways, to finish Jason's Jason's introduction for those that potentially aren't C plus plus developers, because 
Although we brand ourselves as a C++ podcast, I think we, we're sort of polyglot. We talk about other languages at times. So we're going to do plugs for all of your stuff at the beginning and the end, because another thing that we do is this won't be dropped as one episode. We'll probably record for like an hour, 90 minutes, and then we slice them up into 30-minute episodes, which is another thing to be said. What I tweeted out recently, and also you'll notice that we go on a bajillion tangents here. I tweeted out recently. <laughs> I just realized I have listened to one of your episodes when you uh, sliced up the one with uh, with uh, Sean Parent. Ooh, we've done that a couple times. So yeah, might, one might of have... your earlier ones with him, I believe. Yeah, it might have been. Actually, yeah, I think because I have listened to every single CPP cast episode, huge fan. Also, too, I've, <laughs> I've thanked uh, you and Rob multiple times on Twitter, but not technically. I mean, technically, I did it on air, but you weren't there. Um, but anyways, huge thank you to both um, you and Rob. The amount of work that goes into CPPcast is probably a factor of five, if not 10 more than goes into this podcast, which <laughs> our listeners won't be surprised based on the quality. But the fact that, you know, you're always pumping out roughly 60 minute podcasts, you're always having on guests, like organizing with guests, having multiple audio tracks, like the more audio tracks you have, the more work it is. Anyways, just like having now started one or two podcasts, uh, I have a newfound appreciation for the amount of work that goes into like a well-produced podcast that has constant guests and is not just reaching out like because that's the thing we bring guests on this podcast but it's mostly guests that like people have heard of and that it's a quick email hey would you like to come on it's not reaching out into the community to find voices that you know haven't been heard before which you know right. that at the first time i was on cpp cast i was just someone who posted something on reddit and um, i think that like anyways it's it's there's a a lot to be what did i say on i misspelled the word debt but uh, I, on Twitter, I quoted something about the deft of gratitude, which was supposed to be dead of gratitude, because I realized I began into Rust recently, and uh, CPPcast has produced more episodes, and you pointed this out, of all the Rust podcasts combined, but also all the other C++ podcasts combined. We're not too far off from, well, what would we have done? 350-something? 300, let's just go to... I'll leave a link in the description, but I have now on the ADSP website an other podcast tab, which keeps track of stats. So yeah, CPPcast had 349 episodes in total. As you pointed out, more than all the other, more than all the Rust podcasts combined, also more than all the other CP, C++ podcasts combined, but, you know, not too far off the mark from combining all of yeah. the Rust and C++ podcast. Yeah, it's really, it. yeah, it's, you know, it, it's very, obviously, you know, People, it, you can't expect things to go forever. But yeah, it was a sad day because I know a ton of people, including myself, where, you know, Friday morning, there are certain podcasts that I listen to and, you know, I might not listen to immediately. But like Friday morning, sometimes even Thursday night if they dropped, it's like one of the first things I do or, you know, I'll, I'll try and go for my run or go for a walk because it's like you get excited about, you know, being updated about the community that you partake in. Anyways, so a huge, huge thanks to both you and Rob for all the work you've done. Back to your introduction. So not only were you the co-host of CPPcast, you have a very successful YouTube channel um, called C++ Weekly, which I think has been going for like 300 plus weeks now. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I started it just a couple of months really after I, we, I started on CPPcast. So let's see, I just published episode 347. Uh, so it's been, it's been literally 347 weeks in a row. I have not missed a single week. There's once I published on Tuesday instead of Monday. Well, yeah, we're never going to forgive you for that. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, that is also incredibly, incredibly impressive. And you're, I believe I have this up. Yeah. 89.7 thousand subscribers. You're just around the corner from getting your first 
100,000 plaque. That must be pretty exciting. I would love to get that. Yes, that is. I don't know. It's become a goal now. At first, I was like, yeah, that'll never happen. And now I'm like, man, 10,000. I can do this. Yep. We should look up too. Let's quickly go to Social Blade, which for those that are interested, is the one of the statistics aggregator sites. If we type in C++ weekly, it'll show us. Do you have an, a guess of how many millions of views? Now the well, yeah, I know exactly how many if I go to my YouTube stats. That's, YouTube yeah. just tells you that stuff. It's six million plus. That sounds about right. Which is, yes, remarkable. Uh, remarkable resource as well. Uh, I've been a weekly watcher. I don't actually know the number I started. I want to say it was like in the 50s or 80s. It was definitely double digits. I think earlier on you sort of were doing um, longer form. Live coding. Yeah, live coding things. things like 30 minutes. You know, there were I think even a, a few that were longer than that. But then it switched to a 5 to 15 minute on average. Some go longer. Some are super short. Um, just talking about all the different things. And I think I've even seen you on Twitter say that you've, are not sure like how much longer because you've done a video on basically every topic that could possibly be done. Uh, <laughs> is there an end, in, an end in sight? Well, a few months ago, I opened up a, I took my C++ Weekly GitHub repository, which has some code samples and stuff, but not very well maintained. And I created um, an issue tracker for every single episode idea that I had is now an issue. And so anyone who cares can go on there and see all of the upcoming episode plans and post their own episode ideas as bug reports, basically. And I currently have um, 151 open episode plans on that list. Wow. Okay. So there's no end in sight then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I will stop. Well, what I've joked about in the past was that I will stop after I've covered C++. What did I say? Something like C plus plus thirty two. I think that's what I decided. Oh wow! All right, so that's perfect. That's perfect. You know, CPP cast may have ended, but C plus plus weekly is going to be here for years, which is fantastic. Because yeah, another fantastic resource. You might be the top content C plus plus content creator. Um, I don't. I don't think that's like a, a an over exaggeration. Like I, I'm not sure how you would it is. how you would rank other folks because there's tons of people that have websites and other amazing content, but just like on top of that. So we've mentioned the podcast, we've mentioned the YouTube channel. You also have uh, a number of books. I think, is it both puzzle books? And then there's also the the best practices one. C++ best practices and then seven puzzle books I've done now. Seven now. Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really advertised the last two because I kind of do a soft launch of them on LeanPub and then just see if anyone gives me bug reports and I give them for free to my top tier patrons. And so no one's given me any bug reports, so it's kind of on my to-do list, but it's been on the back burner to make those an official release and then make them available on Amazon for print versions for people who want the print versions. Wow. So that's eight books in total. And on top of that, you are like an international, I mean, you weren't always an international keynote speaker, but you've spoken, I'm not sure how many talks, like off the top of your head, do you know, over the last decade that you've given? Like, I imagine it's... I'm not nearly as prolific as... Some, I mean, you know, you take like Phil Nash, right? I don't even know how many talks he's given. I don't know if Phil knows how many talks he's given. <laughs> um, let's see, my YouTube playlist that I have all my public presentations in is, is 28. So that does not include anything that I've done like privately for a, a recruiting event or whatever to company kind of thing. 
Yeah. So that is, and I've seen uh, probably not all of them, but definitely a large number of them. I mean, Jason's a fantastic speaker. There's a reason why you've gone from, you know, speaking at whatever level people start at to headlining conferences and stuff. Uh, well, you said the first time we had you on CBP Cast, you were just a guy who made a Reddit post. Uh, the first time I was on CBP Cast, I was just a guy who had submitted a talk to C++. Now I hadn't even spoken yet. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is, that should be very inspiring for listeners that currently haven't you know, apply to speak at a conference or become engaged, even if it's just in their local meetup. Because I think a lot of the times that's that's how it starts. You know, people, they try and find a local meetup, give a talk there, someone encourages them to speak at a conference. But there is a point in time for everyone, basically, where they don't have a, you know, outward facing public profile, if you will, or sort of social media presence in whatever community, whether that's C++, Python, Rust, etc. And it, it starts with just, yeah, I guess applying. And yeah, that's that's crazy to think. So that was episode, what was it, two? Two, yeah. John Cobb was episode one. I was episode two. Because uh, Rob had John on, and I guess he knew him because of the Microsoft MVP network. They're both MVPs. And then Rob sent out a call saying, anyone who's speaking at C++ now is interested in becoming a guest on his brand new podcast. And... Well, okay, so this is like my my secret to success, if you will. The listener is, is on the edge of their seat. <laughs> Michael J. Fox movie, right? Secret of my success. I have no idea what you're talking about. Talking about. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, he, he like slept his way to the top. So that's not what I'm uh, I'm going with here. But um, I, uh, I was underemployed. I had very little contract work available. So I said, all right, I'm just not going to say no to anything. And, and that came up. So I saw the call for papers for C++ now. And I'm like, fine, I'm going to submit some talks. I've never, I've never talked before. I'm going to submit some talks. They get accepted. And then like, so does anyone want to guest on CVP cast? And I said, well, never been on a podcast before and I'm scared to death, but I said, I'm not going to turn down any opportunities. So I submitted this to, uh, to speak on CVP cast and it just kind of snowballed from there, I guess. Yeah. And it's crazy to think because that's 2015, right? Like that, this isn't, we're not even talking about like two decades ago. We're talking about like less than a decade ago was the first time you submitted to a conference and started co-hosting CPPcast till now. But in a way, my secret is being underemployed. Like every major change I've had in my career has come when I've been underemployed or unemployed. Yeah. I wonder if there's actually like, there's something there that when you are employed, you obviously, that's 40 if if not more hours of the week that are sucked up into obviously working for your company that prohibits a bunch of folks that might have i don't want to say it's like an entrepreneurial spirit but that's sort of like just say yes to whatever opportunities Basically it, is, it, it yeah. kind of is yeah if there's something i don't know if there's any countries that have uh you know more i don't know what the word is like liberal where education is free etc that like there's more of those kinds of things that happen because there's not this sort of big cloud over your head where you need to be employed to make money to fund your yes. your living, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, let's be fair. In the United States, if I didn't have a job and I don't have health insurance and, right. you know, our, our social support program is, is relatively weak compared <laughs> yeah. to a lot of the world. Um, but, you know, I had learned at that point in my life to have very little debt and to have some savings. So when I was underemployed. I wasn't afraid that I wasn't going to be able to buy food. I just said, okay, now this is an opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of it. 
And it's still really weird to like tell that story because I generally think of myself as like a pretty lazy person. So I'm <laughs> kind of surprised that when I had the available time, I did something with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's hopefully, yeah, there's a few listeners that are being inspired by this because there, I mean, there's a lot of folks too. Like, I mean, remember first meeting Ben Dean, who obviously, you know, well, because you guys are yeah. based at the same place. I remember having a conversation with, with Ben once is talking about that sort of, you know, uh, he also was in that spot where he was working for, I think, Blizzard, where it was a, yeah, Blizzard at the time. And he, he basically wanted to sort of start building a public resume. And a great way to do that is by giving talks at conferences and stuff. And he said that he just basically started doing that and went from like zero to giving talks that were getting, you know, thousands and thousands of views online. And it's like, I think there's a lot of folks out there that probably could follow the same path. It's just, they're probably all thinking, you know, oh, this is a huge mountain to climb, but you know, one video a week. And then how many years later, you've got 300, you know, 50 videos. It's, uh, you didn't go out probably thinking, I'm going to make 350 videos over the next, you know, half decade plus, And uh, it's going to be, you know, close to 100,000 subscribers. You probably just started out thinking, I'm going to make a weekly YouTube channel, and we'll see where this goes. And then, uh, like, one of my favorite quotes is the, you, uh, most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a month and underestimate what they can, co can accomplish in a year. Um, the whole philosophy of like, reading a few pages of a book a day, and then a couple months later, you know, you're done a book. Yeah. I've just finished um, the book called Atomic Habits, which, yeah, have you read that one? I have not read it, but I've listened to like two or three different podcasts, actually running podcasts that talk about the book of like forming habits okay. that, you know, you don't say no to. And um, so you can consistently make progress at whether it's fitness or something else. Yeah. And it feels like like his main thesis seems to be to make the habit goals something that you're like, well, anyone can do that. Like you don't make a goal of going on a five mile walk. You make your, uh, your habit putting on your walking shoes. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, well, my walking shoes are on. I guess I may as well at least go on like a five minute walk. Or my goal is to read one page a day. And you, you're going to read more than one page almost right, certainly, right. but hitting that one page is easy. Or I'm working on a book. I'm going to write one sentence a day, which is interesting because then he brings in quotes from other people who point out that like um, other authors, I forget who it was. It was, an, it was a famous author, anyhow, that said, you know, like you need to stop writing while you're still in the groove. Like don't try to force yourself to keep oh, writing because yeah, yeah. that's when you're going to hit like writer's block and all this. So if you make your goal to write like one sentence a day, then you're going to write as long as it flows. You're like, I met my goal of one sentence. And then you're going to walk away comfortably before you hit the wall. That's yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. One of the one of the podcasts I listen to has a this is a running podcast again, because that's where most of this like self help slash, you know, how to stay consistent. Uh, they have a saying called one is greater than none. And it's like, if you ever feel like you don't want to get out the door, whether you're walking or running or hiking, whatever it is, and you're sort of having a day where you feel like ah, I don't really want to, like their philosophy is like, always just go out and plan to just do like one kilometer or 10 minutes or something. And like almost always, like there are the rare days where you get out, you do that 10 minutes and you're like, I'm going back home. But like almost <laughs> always, once you're out there, like you said, once you've started just doing it, you're like, ah, well, I'm out here now. I guess I might as well just do like 5k or whatever it is or, or a 30 minute walk. And um, yeah, there's something to be said about just being consistent about whatever you're doing, whether that's podcasting or YouTubing or reading a book or right. Never really thought about that specifically, but I, I don't run, I know I don't run nearly as far as you do, Connor, assuming you're still keeping up a pace that you were a few years ago, but there's only been a handful of times where I've been out on a run and I've actually come home sooner than I intended to. Mm -hmm. 
It's extremely rare. Yeah. Uh, it's usually longer. Um, one time I'm out with the dog and I'm thinking, you know what? And I'll actually probably a lot of your listeners know Shiloh or have met her from Twitter or something <laughs> in person. Um, or met her at C++ now, but I'm out with Shiloh and I always like took the same route around the neighborhood. And my wife and I are both thinking like, if the dog were to like get lost, would she be able to find her way back home? And we're thinking, yeah, but she would probably take the like three mile version, you know, all the way around the neighborhood to come back. And so I'm out running and, and it was just one of these days that we get here in Colorado where it's, it wasn't technically very hot, but the sun, the UV index was very high. It was crazy dry, probably 20 or below humidity, percent humidity. And, and, and there's this breeze and you can just feel yourself mummifying. And I'm jogging and I'm like, man, it's hot, but I'm going to keep going. I had a goal and the dog. She pulls back towards our house on a route <laughs> that up to that point, we, I had never taken her on that route before. And I'm like, well, the dog's clearly smarter than I am. It is time to go home now. <laughs> that is a good, uh, what do they call it? Uh, canary. You know, if the, if the dog wants to go home, that probably it's, uh, it's above yeah. the temperature <laughs> to be safe outside. I mean, at this point, she's much older and slower than she was back then. So it's much more likely that she's like, uh, no, I'm done. But then, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll put links in the show notes. Yeah, Atomic Habits. And uh, also, too. So we've I feel like this is like a very long winded with some tangents introduction. So we talked about. Oh, wait, are we still in my introduction? Yeah, we talked about <laughs> the podcast, the YouTube channel, the books, all the talks, Conference talks, which yeah. we'll put a link to all of uh, that playlist. And also, in a sec, we're going to talk about sort of what you've been up to for the last five months, including, I know you were at CPP North and C++ on C before that. And I think you also had some training and there might be some conferences that I, I don't even know about. Uh, is there anything else? I mean, training, obviously, you do training if companies are individuals. Or I'm not sure if you do individual training. Individuals is weird because like economically and stuff, it's hard to make sense. I, I will throw out there, like if someone contacts me on Twitter and is like, hey, I have this open source project. I've got some questions about C++, whatever. I try to make time to talk to them. Um, that's no, no guarantees at all. Uh, but I, I try to make time to talk to them. But yeah, one on one paid training, just like financially and schedule wise, that's kind of weird. I don't tend to do that. But yeah, corporate training on site specifically as, as what, and that's, we're seeing that come back right now. I'm, it looks like I'm probably going to be busy through March at the moment. Oh, wow. Is it going to be, I assume most, most of it's going to be on the road or some of it yes, virtual? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, only one thing will be virtual. The rest of it will be on the road. Wow. Are you excited about that? I'm guessing. I think so. Because uh, in 2019, I did six transatlantic round trips wow. and like 25, 26 different training events. It was crazy. And I'm like, you know what? I really need to slow this down for 2020. And... <laughs> <laughs> and since you just mentioned like cvp north and c++ on c like i found all of that incredibly stressful and overwhelming to be like thrown right back into the middle of that right now with uh all the people and covid concerns and all the things um but i i'm feel like I was starting to feel more like this. It seems like it could be a normal groove again, but I'm definitely going to limit myself. I'm not going to do, you know, gone from the house two weeks a month in 2023. I'm not, that is not my goal. 
Um, I might still do six transatlantic round trips if people want to pay me to go to Europe <laughs> six times. <laughs> we'll have to see about that. Well, I mean, it is nice, though, that you have the ability at least to choose the amount that you want to train, right? Um, obviously, yeah, 2021, 2022. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, in-person conferences started coming back at some point this year. And there are some that are still virtual or hybrid. But yeah, it's there's some amount of normalcy coming back. In-person training, I would say, I, I would argue, is not really come back for me until like now, October, basically. I'm starting to see like people who had been wanting it for the last couple of years, but their company simply wouldn't allow it. Right. And then there's always like a about a three to nine month lag from the time that someone first contacts me to the time that I'm actually at their company. Right. On the on the far in the extreme end, I think it's been close to a year from the time of first contact. I'll get like an email out of the blue from someone like, Yeah, sorry this process is taking so long, and I'm like the last email from you was like eight months ago. I just had, I had put you in the like dead contacts folder. <laughs> we finally processed the email. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, and I guess that makes sense actually, because um, there's a lot of meetups, including the C++ Toronto meetup that I think would like to start doing in-person meetups again, but a lot of the companies that would sponsor spaces in the form of yeah. just saying, hey, come and borrow our level one or floor one or floor two meeting space that's easy for people to you know, enter and it's downtown. Um, a lot of those companies still have policies of like, you know, restricted external folks. Right. And even for that matter, I'm, I'm curious as maybe how many of the companies you're going to train at it's going to be like the first time all of the employees are coming into the office or something because, you know, at any given day, 75% of them are working from home sort of thing. So I'm sure that there's at least, you know, one of the companies that you go to that'll sort of be like that because yeah. even, you know, I work for NVIDIA, they have a Toronto office and I think they said something like, you know, it's like 15% occupancy of they They've switched it all to like not 80% flex desks where you can just oh, wow. say that you're coming in. You know, some people still have permanent desks. And I think you have to be in the office for two or three days at least of the week to have one of those. Otherwise, your desk got converted to sort of a, you know, rent, rent it for a day kind of thing. But the point being is that, you know, most people just work from home unless if they have a reason to be in the office. Yeah. The company that hosts my meetup, actually, what have we been meeting in person again now for five Five months, I want to. Mm -hmm. And there's another thing to mention that you're co, are you co-organizer, organizer? I, I am the organizer of my meetup, technically. I am the one technically in charge of it. But um, it's one of those things. It would not happen nearly as smoothly as it does if I didn't have an, a whole team of people that just kind of make things happen. Right. Uh, but it's particularly the people at the company who host this. They're regulars. You know, they're the ones always there. And then I've got um, a company that provides our food. So we always have like good food to eat. It's not like, you know, $10 worth of pizza kind of thing. But, we, you know, we've had in the past, like pre-COVID, we would have like Japanese spread, like buffet brought out. Like this is amazing. But anyhow, uh, yeah, at my meetup, I think we've been meeting back there for like five months now. And I just did a training at the company that hosts the meetup. And a considerable number of the people who are were employees, local employees at the company, are all coming in, like shaking hands, like, oh, I haven't seen you in a year. Good to see yeah, you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a reason to come into the office now. Yeah. And I tell them all, you could come to the meetup and see each other more often. 
All right. So yeah, organizer of, uh, I think it's, it's the official title is the North Denver C++ meetup. Is that correct? I did actually just dream change it to the Denver C++. Meetup. Oh, now it's just, it's all of Denver, not just North Denver. All right. Well, you know, it's like a historical reason. The original C++ meetup in the area met way south. And then uh, my host at the time, Scott Fredrickson, he was the host of that meetup. He said, you know what? It just doesn't make sense for me to keep doing this. I'm not using C++ regularly anymore. Not that many people come who even use C++. So he shut down the meetup and asked me if I want to take it over. And I'm like, I am not driving, you know, in traffic, like an hour and 15 minute drive. So I would leave my house two hours before the meetup and go to Starbucks so that it was only a 30 minute drive. Like, cause you know, it's straight through the heart of downtown Denver work traffic. So I said, no, I'm not going to do that. We're just going to let the meetup die. And then it was like six months or a year later or something. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to try restarting this meetup. And I wanted to make it clear that we weren't meeting down there anymore. We're meeting up here where I live. So I said the North Denver Metro C++ meetup. And since then, hundreds of people have told me that that is way too long of a name. <laughs> I've always wondered if there was like an East, West and South ones that just are no. not active, but uh, it's formerly. I just wanted to make it clear. It wasn't still the one down in South Denver. Right. So now, now formerly the, formerly the North Denver C++ meetup, now the Denver C++ meetup, which speaking of how you said that, you know, some folks want um, help with like GitHub repo reviews is there was back, you know, the, I would say I didn't go to every single virtual C++ meetup. But at the beginning of the pandemic, I was probably at virtual meetups like three nights of the week. Not all C++, but like I went to the San Diego one, I went to the Denver one, I went to a bunch of European ones. Uh, the C++ Toronto one had them. And of the ones I went to, uh, the Denver one was my favorite by far. And in one of them, you actually did like suggestions of like, do people have repos they want me to look at? So yeah. you could have gotten um, free code reviews if you had been a registered member of that meetup group. I don't think um, the group meets virtually anymore, but, you know, we I would do still stream as often as we are technically capable of streaming the meetup. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So if you are uh, interested in that, uh, they have a great group of folks um, and rotating presenters that are, you know, have spoken at conferences that are, yeah, a great set of speakers. Um, anything else to close out? This is like the first, the first snippet of this conversation is just introducing Jason Turner. <laughs> I think we've taken some tangents. Uh, no, I think you, we've covered it. You know, I'm on an airplane. person beside me is like, so why are you coming to my small town? Because a lot of C++ development happens in like rural America where no one would expect it to be, right? Like I've been to Bellingham, Washington. I've been to Peoria, Illinois, like for C++ companies, right? And People are always like, so what brings you to this small town on this puddle jumper of an airplane, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, you know, I do some training. And they'll always guess what company I'm there for because there's always one big company that's in the thing, whatever, uh, or whatever. And, and you know, when people ask me what I do, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I do things. And so I, I've just kind of degraded to often just telling people I'm a YouTuber because I feel like that's the easiest answer. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you wear you wear many hats. Um, I think, yeah, YouTuber. I'm not sure if it's in your Twitter Twitter bio. Oh, yeah, we should mention that. Um, I don't think this ever gets mentioned. And it's a shame. The one thing that it's shame, a shame that Bryce isn't here is that if Bryce was here, you 
could dunk on him. You probably wouldn't, but I would dunk for you on him over the fact that you've got like 8,000 more Twitter followers because it's something Bryce loves to bring up of how many oh, Twitter really? followers he has and he's got more followers than JF. And I think you've got 20... I have 22.1, yeah, right now. Yeah, and I think Bryce, last time I checked, was twelve or 13,000. And... So more like 10,000 than him then, as long as we're going there. Oh, 13,000. No, only 9,000. <laughs> so you heard it here first, folks, is uh, Jason Turner has uh, more Twitter followers than Bryce. I think a few of our guests, actually. I think Chandler, Chandler Cruz has been on the podcast. He's definitely got more than um, than Bryce. I don't know who the top C++ Twitter person is. Not that it matters, but I mean, you've got to be in the top five at least. I don't I don't know many folks that have 20,000 plus. Um, I believe I am in the top five, uh, but like I said, it's rare that I look at this. Jens um, has been way more consistent way longer than the rest of us okay so Jens actually Jens Feller has uh, I just double checked 28,000 oh there you go that's that and might be number one for people who have a ton of followers but aren't very active on Twitter Herb has 24,000 followers okay yeah that makes you number three and for those that don't know Jens is the uh, organizer of the meeting C++ conference which I believe should just be coming up um, I mean if this gets released as episode 101 it should be in the next couple of weeks in it's no, soon, no, right? November, I think. Yeah. And their conference is hybrid. I know it was hybrid last year. I'm not sure if it's still hybrid this year. I think it's planning to be hybrid this year too. No, I just made me pull it up because I'm curious. Uh, it is hybrid. Yeah. And it's November 17th through the 19th in Berlin for those who don't know that. Yeah. It's a great conference. I was there in person in 2019 and then virtually in 2020 and yeah fantastic conference fantastic speakers it's different vibe than a few conferences because they provide meals i think on all of the days or most of the days that might be right um and so you kind of everyone's co-located or located in the same spot for you know all of the the three days i think it lasts for um anyways speaking of conferences we can switch to kind of episode two Tune in next week for part two of this three-part interview with Jason Turner. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day.